Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with my friend and uh, Irish priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. How are you doing? Good. So, <laughs> so are you ready for? Uh, this is a pretty basic question. Um, you know, people that I guess have some aversion to organized religion, but this comes from one of our listeners. And she writes, I'm spiritual, not religious. I have a personal relationship with God. Why do I need organized religion? Uh, I love that one. Uh, Well, I always joke, well, we're not that organized. (laughs) You really know, we're not that organized. The other thing about that is that when they use the word personal, do they mean personal in the sense of intimate or do they mean personal in the sense of private? In my experience, they mean private. I don't need anybody else but me and the divine. And I think it's a little bit of deception because just the definition of a human being, we are the most social animal on the face of the earth. We, in the history of the earth, no species has been more social than a human being. We only survive, not because of... The only reason why he survived is intelligence, and we always lived and worked as a group. Uh, What it means to be a human being is to be social with other people. And religion or spirituality should make you a better human being, not less connected, but more connected. The very definition of what it means to be a human being is to be connected with other people. And I'm Catholic, so I think in a very Catholic way, but... Just the first part of Mass, the gathering rite, is celebrating that we are a community. I am more me with you than without you. Um, I could explain that whole theology, but I love the idea that uh, together uh, our first commitment is to be with each other. And I'm speaking ritually, but I like this. Um, so it's a long story, if you can handle a long story. Um, if it's a good one, I can handle it. Well, during the Serbian-Croatian War, um, Time Magazine had this article about um, what they call the Wall of Peace. And the Wall of Peace was um, this incident that happened that um, in the genocide that's going along, one side committed, gathered all these lands. And they killed all the men. They took the women and put them in these work concentration camps. And when a woman wasn't working hard enough, they would extract one tooth. That would really disfigure her face. And they put the teeth in these tin boxes. And when women were working, the guards would rattle the tin box with a tooth in it as a warning that they'll do it again if you don't speed up. Well, um, eventually the other army captured the lands. And when they found out what happened to their people – the genocide of the men, the – Disfiguring the women. Disfiguring and rape of the women. Um, They decided to do the same thing to their enemies, women. And these Croatian women gathered around interlocked arms and had this standoff. And the Croatian women that had been disfigured, their children, their husbands killed, they didn't act out of pain. They acted out of the solidarity of what's important. And they all gathered in this huge circle to protect their enemies' uh, wives and, 
and daughters. And they formed what they called the Wall of Peace. And they wouldn't let anybody touch their enemies, female enemies. And they protected their lives. And I mentioned that Wall of Peace because in heaven there's this massive wall. Massive wall, but the gates are open. And the massive wall symbolizes true community. So the first act that we do at Mass is to form this wall. We're united together. There won't be any oppression or poverty or injustice. We will guard each other's lives. We make this commitment that your children are safer, not because we're going to be personal friends, but because we're going to be a community. We go, your children's lives are better the more we are united with each other. To me, that's spirituality. That's one phase of spirituality, not just me and God or me and the divine. It's spirituality should lead you into the very essence of community, not separated from it. So when you say personal, but uh, personal, the evidence is it's actually private. You have no greater community than just yourself. I would say that's not spiritual. That's not even the definition of religious. It makes you sound superior, but actually I find it, once again, sad and anemic. Um, I think it's less. I think a truly spiritual person, they put skin in the game. So I get the difference between you know, pr this private relationship with God and the, the community relationship with God. How, how, what do you think is the effect on the relationship with God if, if you're keeping it private? I mean, what, 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 what is the difference in terms of having a fuller, richer understanding of God, relationship with God, if that's the case in a community, versus this private relationship? Well, I think the effect is that you become your own God. I know that's horrible, but remember – Religion is like a marriage. God is always hitting at this, that religion is a marriage between us and God. But if how, how can you have a really great marriage if you're never challenged by another person? If it's, say, I'm married, but I'm married to myself. That's not a marriage. And Patrick Lencioni, this, uh, this great, I love him, um, counselor, uh, business. He's actually a business consultant to make businesses better. And he has this great talk on the five dysfunctions of the team. And the first thing you need is trust. The second thing you need to have a great organization is conflict. You need people to be able to challenge your weakness. And he tells a story about um, his college roommate, close friend, marrying his sister-in-law. And he thought, oh my God, this is going to be great because – uh, you know, close friend marrying my sister-in-law and they divorce after a year and they divorced after a year and uh, his friend comes back to him and says, you know, I thought my marriage was – we thought our marriage was better than you and your wife because you and your wife are always arguing about something. Uh, now I realize our marriage wasn't good because we never argued. To have a marriage where nobody is allowed to challenge you, that's a poor marriage. That's not really a true relationship. You know, that's interesting because now that I think about it, a number of people that I've encountered that tell me they're spiritual, they have this personal relationship with God, they also tell me that they have the right interpretation of the Bible. 
that they have come up with in this relationship with God. They've decided what the Bible says and and what it means and what the Bible stories are about. And it's kind of, I do kind of get this sense that there's a superiority to that. that it's a false superiority yeah, because some, you just eliminated anybody who could challenge your interpretation. Yeah, so I, I, now I see what you're saying. That's interesting. So, so I, yeah, it's a, to me, it's just glorified selfishness. Uh, if you say, I believe I'm spiritual but not religious, well, just for the Catholic Church, nobody in history has done more for health care and feeding the poor than a community that has come together and is organized. The Catholic Church has done more to feed the poor, to educate, to um, you know, take care of the weakest in society. That's what religion does. Spiritual but not religious means I'm not – nobody is there to challenge me nor do I really have to defend anybody else's life. Um, you, you might but it's not really part of integral to being spiritual but not religious. Wow. Uh, now I, I really get the difference. I get what's missing uh, in spirituality without religion. And Father Len, I also have to thank you for helping me recognize uh, what's apparently been a big strength in my marriage. Uh, my wife and I tend to argue fairly regularly. Our arguments are usually friendly. Uh, my wife would probably tell you I start most of them. Uh, I must I'm taking say, her side. I am taking <laughs> no, her side. Hold on here now, Father Lynn. And I, I must say that, uh, you know, that's not my perception that I actually start these things. And our kids, this is very funny, our kids love to tease us about the arguments. Uh, they often refer to us as the Bickersons. So, <laughs> so anyway, after all these years, Father Len, I have to thank you. It's really comforting to know that our little arguments are actually a sign of a strong marriage. That is true. I, actually, um, you should tell your kids when they call you a Bickerson. No, this is what love looks like. <laughs> okay. uh, I like that. This actually, is... can I? And I won't. I won't go too long. But there is this famous book by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Uh huh. What? And the book is what? What does real love look like? And it's not poetry and flowers. For Gabriel Garcia Marquez, it's a strange couple that bicker about little tiny things. That sounds and, like me. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, in this interview, I thought it was hilarious because it's a, such a great book. And somebody asked me, they said, where did you find this strange couple? Because they're, <laughs> they're the example of true love in the book. It takes a while to see it. But then you realize, oh, the old married couple is an example of true love, but they argue about silly little things. And uh, Gabriel Garcia laughs and he says, well, to be honest, it was my parents. <laughs> but one day I realized, oh my God, this is what real love looks like. You argue about toothpaste and toilet paper. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, Father Len, you always seem to find a way to help us see and think about things in new and different ways. So, listeners, if you have a question for us that you'd like Father Len and me to grapple with, please head over to our website, www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. Click on the questions button. And if you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling with God show. It really helps people discover us. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue this journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Mm -hmm.